Smith and Jamison Draper. We are back for episode two. People didn't think we'd get renewed, but we made it. We got another episode out of it. So, uh, what's up, Jamison? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you? I'm not complaining. It's uh, it's way too warm in Chicago for February, so that's cool and terrifying at the same time. But you know, I just keep the headphones in, keep the head down, power through, try not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can report from East Lansing that it is indeed beautiful. Uh, you are in just the best place on earth. So glad to hear it's still doing still. It's still holding up over there after I left. That's good to know. Um, so listen, let's pick up where we left off last time. You were telling me last time out about um, T Grizzly. We left everybody with a bit of a cliffhanger. I had not heard uh, first day out and pretty much the first thing I did after we stopped recording was go and listen to it. And it's dope. I'm in, I'm, I'm in on T Grizzly. Um, I like the way that it sort of flipped from, you know, kind of like the lighthearted, like, man, I made it out early storytelling beat at the beginning to like super aggressive. I stole a bunch of people's computers from a dorm in East Lansing, like more of like the, him just kind of going in. I, I, and it was cool. It was like two or three songs in one, and he's a pretty, pretty talented dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. It reminds me, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but it reminds me of the, do you know the Meek Mill Dreams and Nightmares intro song? I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Where the, the beat, there's the beat buildup, he just like starts rapping, and then he just, there's just one part where the beat just snaps in the middle of the song, and he just starts going off, and that's kind of what that song reminds me of. It's like a, it's like a Detroit version of uh, Meek Mill, kind of. I don't know. That's kind of yeah. what I'm thinking. I dig it. Yeah, he's not as... <laughs> I always feel like I'm getting yelled at by Meek Mill whenever I listen to his music. Like, he's just very aggressively, like, talking straight to me. It's sort of terrifying. But, um, okay, I picked up on something in this song that I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, a regional thing or what it is. But Big Sean does the same thing. And so maybe it's a Detroit thing, but he like really pronounces, they really pronounce like the R's on the end of their words in like lawyer and water and thermometer. Like I picked it up several times in this song. He's like, he enunciates different syllables more than other ones. Did you, have you noticed that? Or is that just me? Like completely any further questions you could take it up with my lawyer. Yeah. See, <laughs> see? so, okay, good. So I'm not coming out of nowhere with that. No, yeah, it's totally a Detroit rapper thing. Like, it's it's every Detroit rapper, not every Detroit rapper, but a lot of Detroit rappers, even, like, the f- more famous ones like Big Sean or Danny Brown, you totally hear that nasally kind of, the nasally kind of pronunciation of the R's. It's totally a signature of Detroit rap. And kind of, it's kind of why I love T Grizzly, because the the more underground street Detroit rappers really, really, really accentuate that more so than I think even the more mainstream ones. And the fact that he's getting mainstream attention with that super twangy, nasally Midwestern yeah. accent is just awesome to me. It is just a, it's just a Midwestern that, that you're right. It's that nasally accent. Like I know I've got it. And I'm sure people that are listening to this are thinking that when they're listening to me, but um, 
that's just so funny. Like I just noticed that with him. I've always noticed it with big Sean. And now that you're pointing it out about Danny Brown, I didn't even think about Danny Brown. Um, I just always, <laughs> every time I'm listening to Danny Brown, I just think about his teeth and his haircut. And that's all I can. It's like all I can picture when I'm listening to him rap, but he's, He's dope too. Um, yeah, right, there's good. a lot. There's a lot going on with Danny Brown, so it's kind of hard to focus a lot. on thing. <laughs> there's a lot to take in with Danny Brown, um, but all in all, big fan of his his stuff too. I kind of hoping he puts out some new stuff here in 2017. Um, so okay, good. I wanted to make sure we covered that because I wanted to give you the respect you've you deserve for calling that one out to me, and it's actually really funny. So I plan uh, like a. I don't know how you would describe it, but people from Chicago would know Chicago sport and social, um, like a organized basketball league. Um, I do not have the game I used to have when I played at IM West though. Let me tell you, uh, (laughs) fortunately, um, but it was so funny because our team captain, like he sends out an email just like kind of jokingly, you know, I had a bunch of guys from like U of D high and brother rice and like these local Catholic schools in Detroit that, that are near where I grew up. Um, and those are kind of the guys I play with. And so the team captain sends out, sends out to everybody. He's like, this is our new warm up song. And this was like right after you and I stopped, uh, the last episode. And it was T Grizzly. It was right away. <laughs> like, oh, he's picking up. Somebody else knows about him. So I was, I just wanted to make sure you, you got the credit you deserved on that one. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, every time you hear about something like that is as soon as you see, you see you start seeing it everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was impressed. He's already on Spotify and everything, so, mm-hmm. um, so I'm sure he's going to pick up some heat here pretty soon. But okay, so we started off talking about somebody who's still coming up and still sort of waiting for the big breakthrough. But I want to spend this podcast more than anything else talking about the guy who has kind of shaped a generation of hip-hop and that is kanye kanye west um who funny we were uh just before this pod we were sort of just you know going back and forth and you know it's funny no matter how old you are your impression of him like as a rule out what he is as a person but just what he is what he means musically like i have moments of my life that are shaped by the albums that he has put out i don't know if you share that or not i do i mean kanye west like shaped my music listening in general like i wasn't uh, before kanye west i wasn't into hip-hop at all like at all so kanye kind of started my entrance into hip-hop fandom and then further shaped it the older i got so pretty much every album of his i think you feel the same way but pretty much every album of his, I have like a certain connection to something or a certain connection to a period of my life. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, uh, again, this is going to date me. This is like four times in two episodes that I've said this is going to date me. I should stop saying that. But um, <laughs> like his first, you know, um, college dropout came out when I was still in high school. And I remember being like, this was <laughs> this is like I went out and bought like the album, like the CD and was like this is incredible. And I burnt that thing out. I seriously think it stopped working because I played it so much. Um, and it's just like, I associate that and late registration with high school graduation, kind of with college 808s was like, you know, everything has its own place, but, um, we're going to do kind of like the big overview here. Like I want to, I want to hear what, I don't know. I don't know where we should even necessarily start with this. I think I want to start with like, your favorite 
I, this is almost an impossible topic, but like your favorite, do you want to do songs or albums first? Let's, let's do it. Let's do albums first. Okay. All right. So we each kind of came up with the top five. Um, he has eight. So we're counting watch the throne here. I'm counting that as a Kanye album. And we're not talking about any of his, like his features or anything like that. Cause he's been on some other incredible songs that he didn't, or his like anything he's produced, just his albums here. Um, so I want to hear about the three that you left out of your top five. Cause I'm interested to see if we have the same three or like a differing three. So do you want me, I can go first if you want, but, uh, yeah, go first. Okay. So the three I left out. So six, seven, and eight were 808s and heartbreaks, the life of Pablo and college dropout. Now my reasoning, my reasoning was that, um, I felt bad leaving college dropout out cause it was like his first album and the first time I got to know him and like, you know, he had some hits on that man. Like, um, the whole thing was incredible. Like we don't care was dope. Workout plan was huge. Slow jams. Like, but this was more like early poppy Kanye. And I feel like he's evolved so much and I like his other sounds more. Um, 808s was good. And this is funny because I have like a weird, enjoyment of t-pain's music but i still felt like 808s was a little over auto-tuned for the most part and then life of pablo i don't know man it just didn't resonate like it's got a couple dope songs on it but for the most part i think this might be the first album for me where he's tried to do too much like i think he almost waited too long to put out another album like three years between albums i think he's been i don't know if he's ever went that long before but um i think he just tried to get really progressive which i appreciate from him as an artist he's done that a lot but he, i just didn't like this step as much what about you what do you think uh well i'll give you my bottom three so we can we can yeah. discuss from there so my bottom three is the life of pablo uh yeezus and late registration and before i go any further wow I just, before i go before i go any further I just want to say that th none of this discredits any of Kanye's albums because I haven't, yeah. I, I, I have yet to find a Kanye album that I don't listen to all <laughs> the way through so many times that has like an immense amount of replay value. So even my least favorite, which is Life of Pablo, I still, I still really, really enjoy that album. So these are all great albums we're talking about. But my reasoning for these is that Life of Pablo, I felt like, I agree with you, Austin. I think that. I don't think it was a very cohesive effort. I think he did a lot of he spent a lot of time changing things even once the album came out and it just kind of felt a little messy to me. I think it had some great 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 songs on there. I think Real Friends, No More Parties in LA, 30 Hours, all those singles yeah. he released, those are all great great songs. Um but I think the album overall wasn't very cohesive. And then uh I put Jesus at 7 uh, I, okay. this was, this was rough because this came out, uh, right in like my prime time of listening to Kanye. Like I had finally caught up from like, cause I didn't start listening to Kanye until like 2007, 2008. So he had albums out already. Uh, so I had finally like gotten on the Kanye train and like followed his last like three or four albums. So it was like, I was like the biggest Kanye fan ever when Yeezus came out and it came out, and I loved it. And that has some of like the best Kanye songs, arguably, on it too. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. But to me, the album was just short. It felt more experimental to me than the other ones. And I, not that I didn't like it, it just felt like more of a 
less of a seminal Kanye project and more of just a, a progressive one that's going to influence other music. And then after that, the top six for me were really honestly mostly a toss-up. So late registration comes in at six, and that's a lot of people – you said, oh, when I said it, and I, a lot of... It's hard, man. <laughs> it's just a lot, so... Ah. A lot of people say that, and, like, you start the album, and you look at it, it starts with Heard Him Say, Touch This Guy, Gold Digger, and that's just, like, a... Right. That's a legendary stretch of songs, but I personally... One of my least favorite Kanye songs, which I get roasted for on Twitter all the time for saying, is crack music. I just really... I just really... Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm just really not a fan of that uh, that song, and that that song is in the middle of the album. And Roses, I think, is I, I don't love that song. I like that song. Addiction, I don't love that song. There's just a lot of songs in there. I feel like there's a lot of I don't want to say filler because these songs do have a lot of replay value still. But there's a lot of songs on there that, like, to me personally, don't have a lot of replay value, and that's why I think I, I put that. It's a long album, so it still has like maybe yeah. 15 or 16 songs in total that I would love to listen to, but. That's why it's number six for me. You really get ripped on crack music? Because I think that's one of his like three or four worst songs. Like That's a song I always skipped on this album. I do get ripped on Twitter for saying I said it one time. And Twitter, like, oh. I got, like, my phone started, like, blowing up. I don't know. I don't know, man. Man. Dude, well, I'm with you. I would have liked that. I would have given you the like uh, if I would have seen that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, late registration, like... So just to, to, to be clear, I have that number five. So it's not really that far off of your off of yours. And I think it's for kind of similar reasons. Again, this was like early Kanye. This is more poppy Kanye, which, you know, for the hits, like the reason that those first, you know, three songs, I really like makeup or well, that was the skit. But, um, I you know, those first three tracks and Drive Slow were all like relatively it's especially those first they heard him or excuse me touch the sky and gold digger were both like obviously huge pop hits um is diamonds from Sierra Leone on this album too yep yeah i think that's on this i mean that was a huge hit but i also think there's three songs on this album that again i agree with you there's a lot of filler but there were three on this that i thought were really super like if you're just a fan of his work beyond the super top hits i thought i mean i think we major is one of his through five I think that makes my top five to seven favorite songs ever. I think celebration is a jam. I play that a lot. Uh, and gone. I think gone has a chance to might. That's in my discussion for my favorite Kanye track of all of his. That's funny because I was going to say the exact same thing that I think gone is probably the most underrated Kanye song of all time. If not the best, because Incredible. I think that song is amazing. And that's why I don't want to discredit these albums because these albums that aren't my favorite no. Kanye albums contain some of my favorite Kanye songs. But I want I do want to say that this song, I probably have a little bit of a bias because Cameron is like one of my favorite rappers of all ah. time. Yeah, so, same. So love that. that so that's why he that's why this song's in the conversation for me. But this is that Gone is a great song. Yeah, Gone's one of his top couple. So I mean, like you said, we we're not here to, you know, say some of these albums are bad because I really honestly like like you said, I mean, my last one is probably 808s and I would still replay that today. Like honestly, after we're done here, I'm probably just gonna throw this on and put it on shuffle and just like listen to whatever comes up. Um and one of my other things against these early Kanye albums was he had like he had so many skits like i know that was like a thing and it like helps the flow of the album like if he's trying to st tell a story from beginning to end but like just as somebody who used to actually listen to cds 
like it was just always so annoying. I'm like, like I always knew it was coming up. I always knew I had to hit next. I couldn't just let it ride. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me or not, but, um, okay. So like I said, number five, late registration for me. I thought that was just a jam Four, I put wash the throne. Um, I, it just it had so many jams on it and just having Jay-Z on every song just does something to elevate it, which is why I could understand if you want to leave it out of the conversation. But like, I mean, who going to stop me? Uh, new, I thought new day was great. Otis was a huge hit. Paris was incredible. Like all of it. I thought primetime is one of my favorite songs of his too. Um, so I put that forth and then, all right, what'd you have a five and four? Cause then we'll just reveal the top three after that. My five is watch the throne. And uh, my four is 808s and Heartbreak. All right, now explain it, because that's the one I think we're going to differ on the most. I'm interested into why you liked 808s. Why you? Because I, I put that last, and you put that fourth. So yeah. I'm interested. First of all, 808s is a mood album to me. It's just an album like you just put on I, – I, I can't even explain it. Not when you're, when you're just like feeling some type of way, like just – it's a it's a it's a crazy album to listen to, and I think it influenced and created career paths for a lot of artists today. We see like Drake, Future, all these guys started from that type of sound, and that 808s created. And I think that there's something to be said for that. And I don't know, I just that album really resonates with me. That was that album came out when I was. I, I'm gonna you you always say this is gonna date me. This is gonna make me sound really young, but that album came out when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> So, uh, the album like was like when I really started to like pay attention to music for more than just like what was on the radio. So that album was probably why it's number four at the time it came out. But I also think it was very influential. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I think one of the songs I was going to say that I think a song that never, I felt like it was a missed opportunity, um, because the beat and the intro is maybe my favorite intro to any Kanye song. And that is amazing. Like I know Jeezy's on it. Who's obviously like, a, I, like I'm a huge fan. Um, and Kanye has a pretty good verses, but I just didn't think that they killed it the way they could have. I always felt like that was just waiting to blow up and it never quite did. I thought, but I love that song. Like I go back and listen to it and just like the beginning, like, just those first couple bars where it's just like the drum going and there's nothing in the back. There's no piano, no nothing. I just thought was, I, I love that intro. I think it's one of my favorites of his. Yeah. Uh, that song is amazing. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but I think my favorite song on the album actually is coldest winter. Uh, I think it's actually oh, that wow. be- because when I saw Kanye West for the first time, it was his Yeezus tour uh, I was he rescheduled his show at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, in the Detroit area, and uh, it, the show ended up being on like December thirteenth, and the roads were like super icy, and it was like three degrees outside. And the last song he played at the show was "Coldest Winter," and I don't know if he did that at every show that tour or what, but I'm gonna pretend that he did the, the last song on that show just <laughs> because of the friggin' weather outside. And I just had like an out of body experience listening to that song at that time. And ever since then, in the context of that album, it's been like my favorite song off the album. So Coldest Winter holds a special place in my heart. All right. He did it for you. 
Don't yeah, he did, he did it for you. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Amazing was my favorite song off that album. I th- I loved RoboCop, too. Um, mm-hmm. I never, you know what I didn't like on that one was See You in My Nightmares. I'm a huge Wayne guy. Like, I remember when, I mean, not as much anymore, really, ever since Rebirth. I can never really give him, I can never really fully redeem himself after that. But um, I just love, like, when he was on top of the world, was right around this same time when I was in college, maybe a couple of years after this. But uh, I remember when that song came out and it's just like, I, I don't know. He just disappointed me so much because he was just in the midst of such a hot streak and he sort of blew it. But that was a good album. I'll give you I mean, listen, I'm again, this could go anywhere from eight. I don't know if I'd be OK with somebody putting a number one. But I think, like you said, like the mood album factor of it makes it like it could range anywhere from two to three to eight or whatever. So. All right. I'll give you that. So, all right, I'm going to do top three now. Three, I have graduation. Um, just holds a special place in my heart. And the reason I have it, actually, you know what? I'll go through the other two first and then I'll come back. Um, I love that. I love that album. I think it was Kanye's first time really stepping away from like pure pop um, and kind of experimenting with a bunch of different stuff. Um, and you really kind of saw him evolve after that too. My second favorite, and we separate on this one by a lot too, was Yeezus. Again, I think this was super experimental because this was, you know, he kind of went, he went a little different, you know, sort of through 808s and I guess that was between my beautiful MBDTF too, and then watch the throne, but he got super experimental on this one. And honestly, the first time I went through it, I didn't like it. I was just not a huge fan, but I kept going back and sort of picking up on like just the little things he did and those little word plays and like how, I don't know, man, I just, I, just, I enjoyed that. I thought that one from beginning to end was pretty solid. It wasn't like you said, it was more experimental. It didn't, it wasn't as cohesive of an album, which is pound for pound. I thought that that just stacked up with any of them. Um, and my number one, and I think, I don't remember if we agreed on this on Twitter or not was uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yep. I don't know. Yep. 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 (laughs) Couple on there that I wasn't a huge fan of, but tells a story from beginning to end leads off with a, I love dark fantasy is another one that I think is so underrated in his pantheon of great hits. Like that is an absolute jam. Um, Monster was great except for, jay-z's got a couple terrible bars in that but um runaway another super dope one lost in the world is super dope i mean i'm devil in a new devil in a new dress is my favorite song not named pyramids by frank ocean since 2000 oh another great call um okay i definitely respect that yeah i mean look at this list dom our, our producer here is making some phenomenal comments here in the chat um I mean, just look at this. This the list of features on here is ridiculous. Kid Cudi and Prime Kim Cudi, Kid Cudi, Raekwon, Jay Z, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, Boney Bear, Swizz Beats, Jay Z, Pusha T, um, RZA, John Legend, Big Sean, Beyonce. I mean, it's it's incredible. Like he cashed in on everything with this one. Um, yeah, Shia the Prince, like everything, man. So I think we agreed on that one. But give me your top three. Okay, so my uh, my number three is Graduation, which you had. Uh, and my number one is also My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasies, which you had. So we agree on those. 
But the one that I had at number, I had at number two actually. I had college dropout. So uh, that's a big discrepancy we have in ours. That is. Uh, I just think college dropout was the maturity of Kanye West finally coming through. Not necessarily as a full artist, but but finally like becoming an artist. Like he his beats were yeah. getting. He's, he had beats, but he never had beats to make a cohesive album. And I thought for a debut album, college dropout was incredibly cohesive. It had all the skits. It was all strung together. Uh, it was sequenced really nicely. I just think it was an awesome album, and the sped up soul samples like totally. I don't want to say changed the game, but I mean I guess they kind of changed the game. They changed the way they they made backpack rappers popular as opposed to uh, street rap. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And the thing is, maybe I don't have the best perspective on this because this came out like when this album dropped. I didn't snatch it up. Like I didn't really know what was going on in the world of hip hop when this album came out. I picked it up like three, four years later. Um, but I really think this is just one of his best works and I love it. But I picked, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasies. Number one, just because it is honestly, it's, it might be my favorite album of all time, just by anybody. I have it. It was the first album I ever got on vinyl. Uh, I, I just think it's the instrumentation on it. Uh, Kanye's the spot he was in his life on for the album, just like the emotion, the raw emotion he put in the album, I think is his magnum opus. It's just kind of like one of those albums where you just you feel it. Like the first time I listened to the album, I just remember feeling like this has the makings of a classic. I don't know. There's just something intangible about my beautiful dark twisted fantasies that most albums in the world just don't have. I agree with you, man. I that's it's just it's sequenced well like you said i think he wasn't that he, he was going through some tough stuff when this came out if i remember correctly um it's funny actually you can kind of see where he is in his life through all of this stuff like at the beginning college dropout and i will say i know you have a second i have it fifth i think i might just take it for granted a little more than these other these other things because like you said you weren't into it i remember when this came out man i i remember knowing who he was um but uh, like he just because i remember him being the producer on guess who guess who's back that jay-z song which is one of another one of my favorite beats of all time um and he's just got he had so many hits on it i guess i guess it's more of that i don't associate him with the pop rap as much as i used to and i kind of like his evolutions more than that one necessarily but um yeah, you gotta see where he's at in his life and all these. Like, yeah, that uh, MBDTF was his post whole like going through um, the Taylor Swift like I'm I'm gonna let you finish whole thing was right after that um, or right before that. You know, I it's hard for me to rip on any of these. Oh, what I did want to say, one thing I wanted to say was the only reason that I have graduation three instead of potentially number one was because of one song and one song only it is drug it hot girls song is that is yes it is the worst song he's ever made by a land slot <laughs> every other song on this on this album is amazing like i would like it ends with big brother like big brother's so underrated homecoming's the 12th track on this album like the glory is underrated flashing lights is my favorite kanye song ever that's one of those that I remember hearing for the first time and being like, oh, man, like this is going to stick forever and ever and ever and ever for me. 
Um, I didn't even hate Barry Bonds that much. Um, but then Drunken Hot Girls, is, it's just so bad. And I just don't know how in his like vetting of this album that that slipped through the cracks. Um, I just don't get it because he's got, I mean, Good Morning, Champion, Stronger, I Wonder, Good Life, Can't Tell Me Nothing, Barry Bonds, and then that as the eighth track is just right before flashing lights. Like it's not even a transition there. So, um, that's the only thing that kept me. I think if that song wasn't on that album, I'd probably, I'd probably put it, put it one. Yeah. It's crazy what that can do to ruin an album. I don't think I would put it at number one just because of what my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is to me, but that you could definitely make a case for it at number one without that song, because really without, without that song, there's not really any flaws in the album. And that was kind of like the top of Kanye's game. I feel like that was, that was when, that was when Kanye was at the apex of his life, like personally, like where he thought he was at personally, he was at a great place in his life. He was with, was he with Amber Rose at that point? I think he was with Amber Rose at that point. And everything was going great. Uh, his mom was still alive. Uh, right. He was he was charting like super high. He had "Can't Tell Me Nothing," "Stronger." Those two songs were like huge hits. He had the friggin' ladder glasses kicking. You know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was ladder glasses. That's exactly what that was. That was that generation. Yeah. So I think that was that was a great Kanye album just for positivity, maybe. And I think yeah. that's that also was a good, nice little hip hop history lesson for me. Learning about listening to Big Brother, that kind of was oh, like, yeah, what, man. that was what got me into like the whole Rockefeller records, and listening to Jay Z and old like Beanie Siegel and all that stuff. Just yeah. because, just because I was like, ooh, I, I never listened to this, and now my favorite rapper's talking about it, so let me go listen. Yeah, man, that was that's just it. I mean, he's so invested in the history of hip hop too that I think he understands his his influence and i think that's why after this album he tried to experiment and tried to like really cement his legacy as someone who wanted to do new things and make new sounds and shape the way that you know his entire genre is is you know done um i you told a kanye concert story so i'm gonna tell a kanye concert story same venue palace of auburn hills uh surprisingly good music venue actually um, I saw him, I think it was right after this album came out. He went on a tour called the glow in the dark tour. Some people remember it, but the, the lineup was insane. It was, um, so <laughs> he had three openers before he even went on. And it was, the first was NERD. The next was Lupe Fiasco when Lupe Fiasco was blowing up. Like this was, this was almost peak Lupe and he was huge back in the day. The third opener was Rihanna which she obviously had not reached the heights that she has reached now, but was still super popular back then. And then Kanye came on and pretty much did all of graduation and a bunch of his two albums he had put out before that. And it was, it was wild. Like he just puts on, and I'm sure you can attest like his performance. Like it took them between when Rihanna was on and when he came on like 25 minutes to set up his set alone. Like he clearly values he, he clearly views like what he does as, a, as an art, you know what I mean? Like he, he, he takes every performance so seriously. I know he stormed off the stage in some since then, and I'm sure you can only do so many before you just go insane. But, um, you know, this show was just so immaculately choreographed and like every little thing was in its place. And he brought the house down, man. He was, like you said, I think he was in his prime 
mental state and uh and he just brought it and that show was so good and he brought so much energy and the openers were so good that like it was not in the middle of winter either but it was in the middle of the summer but um yeah that was that was a dope one have you ever seen him again since that one time I actually haven't, but I uh, I was going to go to the Life of Pablo tour, but some unforeseen circumstances happened and I couldn't go. But um, <laughs> the Yeezus tour was, it was awesome. It was really cool. It was, have you seen him ever since then? I saw him, yeah, I saw the Watch the Throne tour in uh, Chicago at the UC, the United Center. Um, and that that was crazy because that was his like coming home. You know, obviously it's a Chicago concert for Kanye West. Like this was, it was serious and it was him and Jay and they just brought the whole house down. And they pretty much, when they did that, it was, it was awesome. Cause they had the way that it set up was on each end of the basketball court. They had these big, like big square pedestal things that raised up into the air. And what would happen is they'd be performing and then one of them would walk to one end and pretty much like they did this entire album. They did all watch the throne and then they would go to their separate ends. Kanye would do like three of his own songs. And then Jay-Z did like big pimping and like, like all these other incredible old tracks that he has. And it was awesome. So it was like seeing that concert and then a Kanye concert and a Jay-Z concert. And that, and it was like two hours long. I know Kanye is kind of infamously a little bit short, if I remember correctly on his time, but like they just ate it up. Oh, and they ended with Paris. Like the whole thing on that tour was how many times could they do it in a row to end a show? And I think, I think if I remember correctly, they played it like 16 times to end the show, like back to back to back to back to back. Wow. And it was yeah, it was, uh, and I stayed for the whole thing because I wasn't going to leave. Uh, I can't remember if it was that many, but I'm pretty sure it was that many because they did like a nationwide tour for that. And um, that was pretty wild, man. They brought the house down so that I, I would, I would see him again if I didn't have to spend a million dollars to do it. But I have, I have seen him twice. Yeah. Uh, the best part about the Kanye performance to me when I saw, I don't know if he did this when you saw him either time. But it's when he brings out the machine and does Runaway. That is a oh. surreal. It's a surreal experience because he actually recreates the beat live, and it's just no like it's just a surreal experience watching it. Yeah, that is so cool. No, I don't think he did that. I don't remember him doing that. I wish I did. Yeah, Runaway is one of my favorites, man. Kanye, one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, you know, I know T. Lop was was dope, but I, you know. I know we were going to talk about on one of these shows, I think the last one, like who we're looking forward to seeing the most from in 2017. I think I speak for everyone when I say, uh, I hope Kanye puts out something in 2017. <laughs> I think everybody would, uh, would appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that's show number two. Uh, thanks for tuning in for Jameson Draper. I'm Austin Smith. This has been run the pod. We will see you later. Run, 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 run. Hey.